Hello, I'm Brock. And I'm Betsy. And this is Mountain Home Stories, your community podcast. Where we talk to the people and local businesses that make Mountain Home, Mountain Home. Let's go. Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Home Stories podcast. You have Brock over here, which is myself. Speaking to, speaking in the third person, and we have my wonderful co-host, Betsy Hiddleston. Betsy, how are you? <laughs> Hello, Brock. I'm doing good. How are you today? Betsy, I am stoked. And I'm sure I am you are. <laughs> stoked because we're going to touch on some holiday stuff today with our most recent guest, and I just wanted to make sure everyone's in the holiday cheer, so I'm just going to pour some on us real quick. We have... The one and only, the best, Miss Mountain Home Christmas herself, your city treasurer, Paula Safransky. Paula, welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) So good to have you, Paula. We're so glad that you're here. Um, We've been doing the podcast for a while, and I've been looking forward to this interview. Um, I love all my colleagues. They're all great, but... Paula is a full tank of gas for anyone that doesn't know her. So Is that your politically correct way of saying Paula is your favorite? <laughs> it sounds like you're saying Paula is your favorite. Paula is one of my favorites. <laughs> Paula is one of my favorites. Um, so Paula, welcome to the pod. We're really glad to have you. Um, generally, how we like to start our interviews is we have one question that we ask everyone where we talk about mountain home gems. We talk about that one place, person, thing, what have you. Which, if you are a mountain home resident, you know about this gem. So, mountain home gem, Paula. So, what I wanted to touch on was all the events that happen in mountain home. I know people always say, there's nothing to do here. But there (laughs) is literally something to do every weekend in the summer and in the winter. In the winter, we have so many holiday craft festivals in the summer we have the farmer's market and Mm -hmm. we have so many great um community groups the lions club they Mm -hmm. host events all the time so that was that's what i think is kind of hidden in mountain home is that people don't reach out or look enough for local events to do i think it's really cool that we have all those same here um i know betsy and a lot of things you do you're Mm -hmm. involved with a lot of events Uh, going back and forth. Um, Yes, I think me and Paula have served on quite a few event boards together. (laughs) Yeah, the chamber hosts so many events. It's just, if you can't find something to do on the weekend, I definitely reach out to Mountain Home Chamber of Commerce. Man, Mm -hmm. they know what's going on in town. They do, they do. Awesome. So you don't have to leave Mountain Home for Boise or somewhere else to find something to do. Nope. (laughs) We have more than our fair share of activities. and we have a very active population too. I think we have a very volu- a very volunteer oriented group that mm-hmm. makes those things happen because they don't come out out of uh, thin air. Um, you know, one thing I think about is AFAD, the largest yeah. parade in Idaho, mm-hmm. is ran by volunteers. It is. I don't think people understand that um, that they're not paid to do it. It's people out of the goodness of their hearts, hundreds of hours, hundreds of yep. hours. <laughs> Tons of tears, a little bit of bloodshed. Lots of tears, lots of bloodshed, I mean. Who really make those things happen. So if, (laughs) you know, just a quick shout out to anyone, to those unsung heroes that make those events happen for the community. We thank you, we love you, and 
I invite people who are not involved to get involved and be part of those things. Yeah, definitely. So, Paula, let's talk about you. So we kind of want to get your origin story as far as how did you get to Mountain Home? So where are you from? Where did you grow up? So um, I, I would say probably like Betsy, I, I'm considered a transplant in Mountain Home. <laughs> we came here with the military to Mountain Home Air Force Base. And I would, I would tell you when I first got here, I don't know how other people feel, but I was like, I came from a big city. Mm-hmm. I came from Anchorage, Alaska. Um, my mom and dad are divorced, so I would spend summers in uh, Anchorage and, and school years in Oklahoma. And then uh, when I graduated from high school, I moved back to Anchorage. I always grew up in a big city. So mm-hmm. when I got here, I was like, oh, holy cow, it is culture shock. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, I wasn't going to stay. I, I wanted my husband just to do the three years, and we were going to move on. <laughs> but... The sense of community here is so overwhelming. Like you could go shopping anywhere and you have community members reach out to you, military members reach out to you. So so that's how we got here. And then um, the school system was so much better for our children than what we came from. So I, yeah. we love the school district and, and that's what made us stay. So... Um, you have two children, correct? Yes, I'm a boy and a girl. Boy and a girl, and both of them are proud Mountain Home graduates. Yes, yeah, and um, my son went to CSI, and then my daughter uh, went to CSI, and then moved on to BSU to graduate for her uh, bachelor's. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So, Mountain Home grew on you. No, oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, which which is great, and you are the city's treasure. So, yes. <laughs> and treasure sometimes I feel is kind of a outdated term, um, financial director. Basically you are, you run the books for, right. for the city, um, which is a very interesting position to get in. I think it's one of those positions when you were probably younger, you weren't thinking this is what I want to do and this is where I want to be. But I know that you are insanely good at what you do. And I'm, I was just hoping that you could kind of tell us what was that path like? to being our city treasurer? Uh, well, when I really, actually, when I was in grade school, I wanted to work in a bank. <laughs> See, I had a feeling. I was like, was look, it? Brock, it really was her dream yeah. to work in finance. Whenever you played Monopoly, was it like, I'm the banker? Like, I, I'm, I totally I'm was. The, I'm, I'm the number nerds yeah. of everything. So I always wanted to be a bank teller because I just thought that would be like the most fabulous job. And then um, we moved here, and I got a job actually at the courthouse because I came from a credit union mm-hmm. in Anchorage, and I worked in fraud and forgery. Oh, and okay. so I was able to get a job at the courthouse because I had that background, and I worked for Nina Patterson, who was the court clerk, the district court clerk. And then when she came to work for the city, um, I was like, oh, I want to work over there. <laughs> I did. I wanted to go. And so when she had an opening, which actually was at the front counter with the utility Mm -hmm. clerks, um, she said, hey, it's not glamorous, but I have an opening. And I was like, heck yeah. So I started there as a utility clerk and then just worked my way up as openings came available and ended up being the city treasurer. So I've been that for 13 years and it's been a really fabulous ride. Well, that's awesome. And one thing about those positions is by state statute we have to have a city treasurer um it's pretty important and i think a lot of taxpayers um just want to know their taxes are being well spent and that the city is being good stewards of those dollars 
and kind of, you know, if you could give us a snapshot at city budgeting, because I feel like there's a lot of things that people don't see that if they did see, they'd probably be like, oh, this makes sense. And they would have, not that they don't have confidence, but there would be greater surety that, yes, this is going towards things we need. Can you kind of tell us things that you have seen during that process, which you wish other people would see? So, um, and this happens with even new department heads, the city budget is not run like you would run your checkbook. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's municipal financing and you have to budget your expenditures based on what you think you're going to get in revenue. So we do that a year ahead and then the department heads will start, um, doing their expenditures, working with vendors, trying to do the best projects they can with the city. And then, um, I guess to be in that position, the department, you work really closely with the department heads, but it's, it's the council that approves the budget Mm -hmm. and those expenditures. So what you really have to be is kind of a sounding block to the department heads. Like, Hey, do you Mm -hmm. think this is okay? I'm building my budget. Is there something that like I see they should ask for, or is it going to be like, I want to do this million dollar project. Do you think we can budget for that? Mm -hmm. And so we work through that. Um, but I think you have to be really also kind of thick skinned to be the treasurer because sometimes you have to tell people, no, yeah, like we don't <laughs> have money for a million dollar project and, and they get mad at you. So you really thick skin, but you also oh, yeah. be, you have to be trustworthy and organized and able to work with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Paula, I can say as a newer department head, um, having a resource like you, uh, going into budgeting and, and I went to graduate school and I took public administration courses where we kind of spoke about it, but you really don't know about it until you do it. And you have been a, a tremendous resource for me, tremendous resource for others. And I thank you. And, you know, another thing about public budgeting, and I don't want to dive into this too much is one of the things that I was very impressed with that I think is very different from the private sector is, you know, our mayor, our city council instruct us. It's not about spending everything that you can. It's not like the private sector where you have your budget line and you're afraid like, oh, if I don't spend all of this, I'm not going to get everything else I need. We're very passionate about cash carryover and being good stewards and getting every ounce of value from every cent that we have. Right. I think the department heads work really well together, too. If there's a project, for instance, we're trying to get um, a city pool built. Mm -hmm. Everyone is willing to do what they can to help fund that project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they all worked really good together. Yeah, I know there was quite a few budget cuts this year as we went through that approval process. I heard a lot of department heads saying, oh, I cut this out, I cut that out. Does this help with the pool? Mm -hmm. Can we put the money there? And just hearing those conversations over just like the random walking by or like the water bubbler conversations. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't even in the room, but I could tell like all departments were working together to make sure that we have that funding and we can make sure we get that amenity for our citizens. It's really cool. That is cool. So budgeting's cool. Budgeting's <laughs> important. But now <laughs> what's even cooler is what is even cooler is for everyone who doesn't know, you probably now know by that intro. I love the holidays. I love Christmas. I love snow. I love Santa. I love lights. And I'm so glad that I get to be in a town um, who really celebrates the holidays and celebrates community. And Paula you play a kind of a big role in that exercise of holiday spirit. And I think what also a lot of people don't really understand is when you're in a small town, you kind of wear a lot of hats when 
you work for a smaller government. And I think what you do um, with the holidays and the lights and everything else is a perfect demonstration of someone who is going to work wherever she is needed and who is prepared to put on any hat that needs to be put on. So Paula, Christmas and Mountain Home, go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's really fun. So um, we've always, uh, uh, like any city downtown, we've decorated our downtown streets. And then when Mayor Sykes started, he wanted to be a little more, like we would do the light poles and, and the basics. We did the basics. He wanted it to be a, a hallmark memory you could take. If you moved away from Mountain Home, you're going to remember what happened at Christmas time. So his first year in office, he started uh, with the mayor's tree. And it wasn't uh, a big thing, but we all pitched in and helped. Everyone was helping. Economic development was building ornaments. We're all like, hey, this is going to work. So we had that event. And then um, the the next year, the, the city budgeted a little bit more for Christmas decorations. And so we were able to get a few more things. But it all takes time. It all takes time to get stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the next year, he said, you know what? Um, we had gone out to businesses and asked for donations to help with the Christmas decorations. But he felt that we were taking away from the 4-H or the high mm-hmm. school students that are trying to sell raffle tickets and, mm-hmm. and trying to raise money on their own. So he's like, let's do something different. And he came up with the idea of doing the beer festival. Mm-hmm. And it was the year, first year of the eclipse. Oh, so we yeah. called it, yeah, our eclipse, that big event. Mm-hmm. So we called it the Endless Summer Festival of Beer. Now it's just moved on to Festival of Beer. And so we thought, okay, let's... Let's try that as our fundraiser and see how far we can get. And we mm-hmm. ran it, we run it through the Chamber of Commerce. They partner with us. And so we started that. And I will tell you the first year, the expectations were <laughs> we're going to set up some local Idaho brewers. We hope we have some attendance. We don't know how many people are going to show up. Fingers crossed people will come to this event. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the whole community came. I thought I was going to get to like kick back in a lawn chair <laughs> and play cornhole all day. No, it was a huge event. It was a huge success. And um, all the money we raised, we were able to just start buying Christmas decorations. And and so we've had the Festival of Beer every year since, barring COVID. One year, we, we Central District Health was kind of like, eh. Um, yeah, they're like, eh, let's, let's try to keep the crowd down. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the money we raised goes back to Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. And so all the stuff you see down there, it, it's getting to be a huge setup. Um, it's just fabulous. I mean, we just, we, the city was able to purchase Railroad Park. Um, and we've moved the, we used to do it in Carl Miller. We've moved the festivities downtown. Mm-hmm. The sidewalks have been redone. It's just a huge, amazing event. And it, it lasts, when we start setting it up, we have our mm-hmm. tree lighting ceremony. The first well, I guess it would be the second Friday after Thanksgiving, and we keep yeah. it up until probably mid-January so that if you miss that, it's 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 up and it's ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of that's happening December 2nd this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And big kudos. And I know we just got done speaking about budgeting, but what a cool creative way um, because we know that Christmas holiday decorations are nice, but 
so are fixing the potholes. So is making sure that things are taken care of. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool that the city thought out of the box of, you know, without causing any further burden to the taxpayer, how can we still give them a tremendous benefit? And really, like, Beer Fest is now its own huge, ginormous thing. So we get to do a great thing that leads to just this outpour of more great things, which is the Christmas decorations. So really cool, uh, really awesome. Um, and I think it could be a model that other smaller communities that don't have a ton of resources could potentially follow. So really cool. Yeah, I think what's awesome is, again, that partnership and creating events. I mean, like you said, you guys run it through the chamber. So another partnership, another event, another weekend activity for people to do. I think that partnership with the chamber is really, really smart. And I think other communities hopefully utilize those resources to come up with their fundraising ideas to build their other holidays. And Betsy, I'm glad you brought up the theme of partnerships because I know that from Beer Fest, collecting the funds, purchasing the decorations is only a portion of the effort to actually get them up. <laughs> so Paula, can you tell me about the effort that goes into making these homework moments in Mountain Home? Sure. We start putting decorations up literally the day after Halloween. And um, <laughs> like, but we plan it. We probably start planning it um, July or August. Hey, this is, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. We buy Christmas decorations all year long, though. As soon as we, the mayor actually is the shopper, I'm like, hey, here's an idea. And he shops. Um, we try to get the best deal we can. So we may be buying Christmas decorations on markdown things in March. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then when we, we go to put it out, um, the city departments help. But also, I would say family members come out and help. Mm -hmm. Like, I know my husband's help. I know Betty's family helps. Mm -hmm. uh, Brock, I know you would, but you get the two little guys <laughs> or two little girls. Um, but the the city departments put it out, but their family members come out and help. Yeah. Yeah. They come out and hang the lights or build stuff or, you know, hey, what can I do parade night? Mm -hmm. How can I help control a crowd? So it's a it's a it's a great family atmosphere for not just the city departments, but also their their family members or extended family members. That's awesome. Yeah. Tremendous effort. So what would you say is your least favorite part about putting up the decorations? I don't like doing it in the cold. <laughs> I don't like the wind and I don't like the cold. We came from Alaska, so definitely I have snow pants and mucklucks, <laughs> um, gloves. I know how to dress for the cold, but oh my gosh, it mm -hmm. is. There's some days it's just bitter cold. The street guys are uh, street guys are great at, mm -hmm. at taking instructions while I sit in my warm car. <laughs> <laughs> They're very awesome. Yeah. And then you kind of already mentioned it about a favorite part is you have a lot of different people come out to help um, from different departments that you don't probably normally interact with on a day-to-day -day basis and also their families. But are there any other favorite parts as far as decorating or any other favorite parts in general about the holidays and uh, providing that? I just love going through downtown mm -hmm. and we're extending some stuff out into Carl Miller Park. I just love seeing it lit up. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And so when we... Um, reach out to our sponsors for the festival of beer. We always make sure, hey, mention come. We come to downtown and see see what your sponsorship has brought the city. 
Um, I absolutely love it. And I love Christmas too. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I had a, a gentleman once say, cause we were using, we kind of had a city budget and he said, well, I wish you would have put whatever your budget was for lights to help repair the mm-hmm. potholes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he goes, I don't understand why you're trying to beautify the city at Christmas time. And I'm like, but doesn't it make you smile? Doesn't it make your heart a little bit warmer that that our city can be as great as other cities? Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely fabulous to me to see those lights. I love them. I love them too. Um, I know, so we've done them downtown for the past two years or one year. Um, um, two years, I think you're right. Two years, I think we've done them downtown. <clears throat> and I've And I have small kids. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and they love it. And like you have a little pathway with the way it's downtown and there's like the Santa statue and it's just, I know those are core memories that are being made and it's an intangible thing. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's not sewer, maybe it's not water, but it's something that my kids are going to take with them, which when they look at their time and I don't know how long I'm going to be a mountain home, I don't know if it's going to be five years, 10 years, 20 years, but they're going to remember that about mountain home which I think is probably the best marketing that we could ever do for our community. Yeah. So um, before we get to our final questions, um, I think because we have a little bit of time, we just got to bring it up. So Christmas decorating, there's kind of a controversy of when do you get it out and (laughs) when do you get started? We know that for a massive feat such as decorating the city, obviously we got to get started a little bit earlier than someone would start at their house. Right. Like, I think it's fair to say when you're decorating an entire city, you should give yourself a month, not a week. Like, it's fair. I know some people are like, why are there Christmas lights going up? I'm like, well, Bob, you try putting all that up in a week. (laughs) But I'm curious. And one of the cool things about our podcast on Spotify is we can run a little poll. And I think I'm going to run a poll with this episode is when is it appropriate to begin decorating for Christmas. And I'm a big Christmas guy. To me, it's not a day, it's not two days, it's a season. And it's a lot of work, so I wanna get the most out of it. So I'm one of the people who normally has a Christmas tree while eating Thanksgiving, where I know some people are very passionate about giving every holiday its due. I'm just saying, (laughs) I knew there was something I didn't like about you. Something always (laughs) seemed a little fishy. Eating turkey while looking at a Christmas tree just doesn't feel the same. It's so great. Now, Christmas, <laughs> like Thanksgiving night, though, like post-turkey, if you can get that energy up, throw that tree up all day. Like Thanksgiving night, I'm all for it. Friday after Thanksgiving, go. Like I, I hit that ground running. Because mm-hmm. you're right, it is a season. So you get the whole month of December and an extra week in November. And <laughs> in the Safransky household, what does that battle look like? When does the lights and the elves and all the wonderful Christmas decorations make them make their way out of the box. They make their way out of the box the long Thanksgiving weekend. But I will tell you, my daughter just gets appalled when she is in a store Mm -hmm. and it's Halloween hasn't passed and they already have a whole section of Christmas stuff up. Yeah. And she gets its marketing and she gets its sales, but she's like, can we just get through Halloween? Because Halloween's also a really big holiday at our house. Mm-hmm. So no Christmas stuff is absolutely, no Christmas beads, no Christmas centerpiece. <laughs> it's, it, it's Halloween. After that, it's open territory. If you want to bring stuff out, you can, but 
Not before Halloween. You got to have Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, also a huge, spooktacular was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, such oh. an amazing event. And it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, a huge, a huge community event that mm-hmm. takes all the departments to get out there and extended family members. Yeah. So, but if we had put a Christmas decoration out before that, I think we might have a riot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't trick or treat while looking at an ornament. Like, no. that just doesn't feel right. It would be weird. So... I think we can all have the consensus around the table that obviously before Halloween is <laughs> not good. Yeah, we can agree on that one. Like not before Don't the 31st it. of October. <laughs> and then doing anything before Thanksgiving could be seen as overzealous. Overachiever. Yeah, Overachiever. there you go. Achiever. I don't know if I'd use that term. And then maybe the sweet spot is the week of Thanksgiving great, preferably after the day of Thanksgiving. Maybe it's after dinner it comes yeah. out. And that's I what think that sounds do. like a great tradition. Like you're done with your Thanksgiving dinner. You got to move around. We'll start bringing Santas out. Bye-bye turkeys. Hello, Santa. We, but, we put our football games on, yeah. our NFL games, and have the tree set up. That's in the background. And we're putting our ornaments and stuff out. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, I'm going to make this a poll question. I'm really interested in what the greater citizenry of the City <laughs> Mountain Home believes on this very hot topic. It is a hot topic issue. Thank you. <laughs> it is a hot topic. So, Paula, as we wind down, um, we like to ask this question of all of our uh, wonderful guests is... You've, you've lived in Mountain Home for a very long time. You've served in your position as treasurer for a very long time. What is one thing that you would like to do if money wasn't an option and if you were just almighty, powerful queen for a day? What is one thing you would do to make Mountain Home better? Or does Mountain Home even need to be better? Well, if I was queen for a day, what I would do is I would have more public art. Like mm-hmm. I visit communities and they have some pretty cool displays and I'm always like dude why can't we do that right so if we had even like the BSU the big B that they Mm -hmm. have there if we had an opportunity to put more public art out big displays like that I think Mm -hmm. it would be amazing for people just to come and say have you seen Mountain Home they get this really huge display of a a western horse you know because we're the gunfighters it would be it would be really cool if we had a lot of I, for me, you can't have too many art displays. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be cool. And you bring up a really great point because um, we do excellent at murals. Um, huge shout out to Community Canvas. I believe ah, I was speaking to Brenda Rob the other day. It's over 100. I know the number's big. I'm afraid I'm downplaying 150, 160 um, murals. But one thing that you are right, when it comes to sculptures or other type of artwork that isn't mural related we don't have a lot um it would be something really cool to see um and i think you're right i think it would be cool um i've been to communities where they where they have a theme i think i don't know if it's like post falls idaho they have like these colorful trout everywhere mm-hmm. and i used to think what if we had like little sculptures of like whistle pigs hidden throughout the city and and they're like <laughs> And 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 each one is different. The so, whistle pig project. So so well, like don't we have like a whistle pig journal or we something? We do. Yeah, so, we go. It's great with that. There so imagine if you were a tourist and 
you tell them we have 50 <laughs> whistlepig sculptures hidden throughout the city and there's like Elvis whistlepig there's hippie whistlepig there's I think that's a great idea when, I love it so we came here from Alaska we didn't even know what whistle pigs were and so we decided that with squirrels you have the bushy little tail on the back we think that would be great if you had that on the whistle pig they would be a little more attractive right I agree so <laughs> I, we have the whistle pig journal I think you're you're on to something Brock I know the whistle pig project the whistle pig project the whistle pig initiative oh my gosh <laughs> WPI oh whistle pig initiative <laughs> 2023. Oh, that's a big, that's a big Just job. you wait. You got a, yeah, you got a lot of work ahead of you. You better start there sculpting. <laughs> <laughs> he gets like a pottery reel. Like, Kristen right. comes home, he's all pottery making, making whistle <laughs> making pigs. Making my whistle pigs. <laughs> the house just gets flooded with whistle pigs. I know Paula would come over and help. That can't be different than having gnomes all over your garden. I know, right? Yeah, wouldn't whistle pigs. It wouldn't. Yeah. So, Paula, what keeps you in Mountain Home? Oh, totally... The people in the community. I mean, I know that um, the public works director, Mr. Yurkiti, said the same thing, and he grew up here. Mm -hmm. So I didn't grow up here. When we moved here, I had no intention of staying. And it is the people in the community, the sense of community, everyone wants Mm -hmm. you to enjoy your time when you're in Mountain Home. Um, And it's just a great place to live. You're 30 minutes from Boise. You have Twin Falls. And you're, you're really close to Salt Lake if you need a really big city to go visit, yeah. mm-hmm. which we do occasionally. But <laughs> it, is, it is just a perfect little gem <laughs> that more people are learning about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you have such a huge um, military-based citizenship mm-hmm. that even when they come and go, they seem to always want to come back to Mountain Home. So we love it here. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it is fantastic. Betsy, as we wrap up, any final thoughts, final questions? Well, I think my final thoughts are um, it is a two to three vote. Christmas decorating does not happen until after the turkey, unless this is citywide. Again, if you're decorating a whole city, there is some variables <laughs> there. We will let it go. Um, but no, I mean, I know I'm excited. I can't wait for December 2nd when we do our Christmas tree lighting and you get to see all the hard work put in by all the city workers. Uh, we also will have the Christmas parade of lights that will lead us Santa down to railroad park. So I know I'm excited to see everyone. I know me and Paula were talking the other day, like that is why we do it is for the event Mm -hmm. to see the enjoyment, to see the final product. That is why we all volunteer. So with that, I just hope I see everyone out there on December 2nd at 6.30 downtown. Same here. And for everyone who gets to enjoy the wonderful Christmas decorations today, um, make sure that you remember that it was a ginormous team effort to make it happen. But also know that you have one of Mountain Homes, I think, lead elves um, <laughs> leading that initiative. And that's not because of her height. <laughs> um, it is certainly because of her big heart um, of creating those hallmark moments. And that is Paula Safransky, everyone. And I guess, Betsy, until next time. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mount Home Stories. If you have any comments or recommendations for future episodes, please email us at mhed at mountain-home.us. Until next time.